0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full turns at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello, welcome into another episode of At The Turn. We are so excited for today's episode. Nick, we want the people to get out there, get some competition going, play in more tournaments.
1: Yeah, Joe, uh, all the other sports, you know, you can have these armchairs, quarterbacks, Receiver should have done this, Quarterback should have checked off that read. Golf, you can actually get out there and do it. You have to put your money where your mouth is. You can, you can blame Bryson for the slow play, but let's see you get out there and digest these complex rules situations. Let's see you get out there and, you know, go for a short par four, or make the decision to be aggressive versus lay up or, you know, whatever it is. So um, it's a unique sport in that you really get the opportunity to uh, put your money where your mouth is when it comes to competition.
0: We're going to be talking about a competition I recently took place in, hopefully to get you excited, get those juices flowing. Before we do that, I have to remind you, the promotion is still going with Piper Golf. None of you were able to identify the number one player in the world, the hottest player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, as the Masters champion. So the PGA Championship is coming up. Go to Apple Podcasts. Predict the PGA Championship winner. If you are correct, Piper Golf, proud sponsor of this podcast, will send you a sampler pack of golf balls. Apple Podcast, identify the PGA Champion. If you're right, sampler pack from Piper. If you can't wait, go to piper.golf. Turn 10 is the promo code at checkout for $10 off. Incredible golf balls. Maybe pick yourself up a hat. Stack up for the season with Piper dot golf. All right, Nick. I decided I was going to try to win the Oregon golf association mid amateur championship. All that means is your handicap has to be 10 or lower and your age has to be 25 or higher. I fit into both of those boxes Right in the sweet spot. That's for me, baby. Get those college kids out of there. Two qualifiers to get into the main event. First one was Master Sunday. That obviously was out.
1: Hold on. I got to stop you there. Yeah. W- you said you decided you're going to win this thing. Were you ever like, my chances of qualifying are infinitely better if I go play golf on the most busy golf watching day of the year? No, see? Not I even a consideration. I'd,
0: I third eyed that thing. I thought the people who are really strong players of the game and not participants of watching the game will be out on Sunday. I thought the better competition would be out on Sunday as opposed to Tuesday, the qualifier that I decided to participate in.
1: And did you ever check back and see which one would have been better?
0: That actually bore out. Now, the weather was a concern, and I'll get into that in a moment, but the cut. So the top 19 players made it on Tuesday. The top 21 players Made it on Sunday. The cut was higher on Tuesday than it was on Sunday. So my strategy was sound. The execution, a little bit lacking, unfortunately.
1: That's okay. You were off so to a good start.
0: I was off to a good start. To set the seat a little bit, we got half a foot of snow on Monday, the day before the tournament. And I'm thinking, all right, well, great. I took a day off from work. This golf course is an hour away from my house in Portland. It's south of Salem. Maybe it's a little bit north of Salem. That doesn't matter. We're not here for I-5 geography right now. I drove down there knowing the tournament may not be happening, at least for me. So how it works is the better your handicap is, the earlier you tee off in the day. So first tee times were at 7.30. I looked, those guys were plus two. So it's like, all right, well, those guys are going to make it. Me and the other, you know, quote unquote, high handicappers, I was the third to last group to tee off. So it's me and a couple of other six handicappers at 120. The weather forecast... Was thunderstorms from one p.m. to five p.m. So I'm thinking this baby's not even going to get underway. Rain was expected, so I'm thinking at least everyone else will have tough conditions, and maybe I can, you know, gut one out. Try to be a little Kevin Kisner, Kevin Nah out there, scrap together, post a 79, and hope it's good enough. <laughs> weather weather was
1: fine all day. Did you have Did you have a target score? Yeah, I thought
0: I thought 77 would be good enough, plus 5. Okay. Based okay. on based on the historical research I had done online yes. of what yes. had made the cut in the past, typically 76 was enough to get you in, 77-78 will probably get you into a playoff. That that's usually how okay. it goes. And by yes. the time I tee off, you have a general idea because the Golf Genius app, they're updating live scores every four holes. People have to report their scores and volunteers are pumping them into this application so people on the course, off the course, have an idea of where the cut's going to be, if they have to hang around for a potential playoff or not. I get to the first tee. It's very exciting. Big tent. The OGA. Tee markers are in the ground. This is my third time qualifying, so my first question was, what free stuff do you have up here? So I grab like a ridiculous amount of tees, three ball markers, a couple water bottles, I'm getting my money's worth. If I don't qualify for the main event, I'm getting something from the Oregon Golf Association. There you go. So we're playing in threesomes. The group ahead of us, the 110 group, they had a no-show, so they're a twosome. So it's really important for us to keep pace with these guys throughout the course of the day. I know that on the first tee. First guy tees off. It's not me. I'm the next one up. I peg my tee in the ground. One of my playing partners correctly asked, if we hear thunder, see lightning what do we do
1: what a my great man. question to ask right before the most important shot of your golf season thus far
0: my man the volunteer gets on the radio says that's a good question let me find out hadn't occurred to him before this that's no, fine It's going has been, a long been day.
1: 7 a.m and nobody's <laughs> nobody's wondered he hasn't bothered to think about, no one, about no, the weather threat
0: no no one's asked this yet so what feels like 20 minutes was probably in reality 90 seconds but he gets on the radio and says, if you guys hear any thunder, get under a tree. We'll probably blow a horn just wait it out. So I'm like, all right, can I can I hit this ball out of bounds now or not? I'm trying to spray this in the driving range. Will you let me do this, please? So I hit. Somehow it stays on the golf course. <laughs> and then the, the volunteer is like, oh, my God, I was supposed to announce your name. All right, that was Joe Simons from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a few courtesy claps. We get out there. The sky is black at this point. So I get to my ball, and the rain starts, and the rain just continues to pour. Now, I did birdie the first hole. That's exciting. There you go. What are you thinking? Maybe. 59, baby. Well, Let's go. I did think – I'm not thinking about making the cut. I'm thinking about winning this thing. There you go. There you go. Someone posted a 70, so that that, that would have been tough sledding. So we and get through the first – <laughs> seventy more parts. seventy more bucks. Just get to the house after one hole. So, I'll fast forward a little bit. We're walking up the fourth hole. Very difficult par five. There's two forced carries on the T shot and then on the second shot. You have to lay up because there's a big burn 250 out. You can't drive over it because it's like an 80 yard carry between the two. So, I get up, I tap in for bogey. I'm like, all right, that was exhausting. It took us over an hour to play those four holes, like, probably, probably took us 75 minutes to play those four holes. Guys I was playing with were struggling so much so that one of them walked up to me during the course of the fourth hole and said, hey, cuts like at four or five over. I'm already eight over. I'm not having fun. I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to withdraw from this.
1: Four holes. Oh, my God.
0: Four (laughs) holes in. And I think mentally he committed to that two holes in because I think he started double like quad or something like that. Nice guy. Nice older guy. But he was just not having a good time out there, Nick.
1: At that point, though. Just play around of golf. Like you wouldn't walk off the course in any other situation. Okay, you're not gonna make the cut. That's the only reason you're doing this. Like you're the only reason you play golf is for your competitive like tournaments. Like, why don't you just play 14 more holes of golf like you're with your buddies?
0: Well, that was my thought too. And I even said to him because I encouraged him to stay, I said, Oh, Dave, you're gonna miss the sunshine. <laughs> and of course, it'd been boring for an hour straight <laughs> when that happened. So we all we all finish out the hole. We're sopping wet. We're, you know, 14 holes to go in this thing. And uh, I see the gal. There's like four volunteers basically huddled near the green and where the next T is. And so I, I approach her first and I said, hey, I bet you need our scores. And she said, yeah. And then I need to chat with you. I thought, okay. Great. Oh, really? Yeah. So before I even give her the scores, she said. You gentlemen are seven minutes behind pace of play. Once you reach eight minutes pace behind pace, you're then assessed the stroke penalty. This is your first official warning. <laughs> we're looking at each other like... You're put on the clock? We're put on the clock at the first Dave, possible... Dave, get the hell out of here. <laughs> so Dave's got to go. And what's so funny is... And and this, this is going to sound trite or insincere. I appreciate every single volunteer that's out there. These folks are not being paid to put me on the clock. They're volunteers. You've been in this position, Nick, even though you were paid to do it, where you had to... Be a part of these tournaments and assess penalties and all these sorts of things. So I appreciate that. My one criticism would be if I am on the clock, we have to make this interaction as short as possible. Because if I'm one minute away from being assessed a one shot <laughs> penalty, I would really hope that we keep this lesson of me. Understanding that I'm behind where I should be in terms of pace of play should be like a 15, 20 second thing. Hey, you're on the clock. You really got to catch up. Fine. Let's go. So it's pouring rain. I've been told this. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm like trying just to make pars and bogeys out here and get into the clubhouse. I got a par five. I have to walk back like 50 yards to get to my tee. There's a group of like six volunteers on the left just ready to clock my ball. I hit it about 70 yards right (laughs) into the other fairway. And the one guy that I'm playing with now, future at the turn guest, Stots Thoda, he also blasted into the right fairway. (laughs) And we see two cards from the OGA immediately drive after them. We have spotters for our balls. Stotts (laughs) hits it back in the fairway. I blast mine right into a tree. So I'm like, oh my (laughs) God, get me off of this hole. Somehow, somehow I make a bogey, but there's a twosome ahead of us. So there's literally two to three holes ahead of us. The rest of the round, Nick, like, so I'll fast forward. We, we get to the turn. We're nine holes in. We check in. We give scores again. We ask about pace of play because obviously it's a concern. He right. said, "No, you're on time. Things things are going good." It's like, okay, great. Okay. I I go I go take a pee. We walk to the 10th tee. We play a couple holes. We get to the par three 13th, and apparently we're on the clock again. And now this group behind us is on our butt. I hadn't seen them the entire day, and all of a sudden they're on top of us. So Ooh. now we're on the clock again. And it was just a matter of fighting the clock and the weather. (laughs) It's raining. It's just this whole, I won't say nightmare scenario, because it was actually a fun day, and I did play pretty well. But just dealing with the weather and knowing immediately that you have to play faster than you want to, and I'm a pretty fast player, being on the clock was like Mm -hmm. a shock to me. So we end up getting to, oh, what was it? The 17th hole. It's a par three. And we had been lucky for the most of the back nine with the weather, it 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 wasn't really like raining or too terrible, but we get to the 17 T and it is black again. And that's only five o'clock. Like it's darker than it should be. So we tee off on 17. There's a short par three. I start playing out of turn because I turned to stats and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get dumped. Like I, I just want to finish at this point. Yeah. So I three up for my cut. bogey. What's that? No, no. Stats, <laughs> Stats had a tough day. Stotts had so a he tough doesn't day. care either. No, Stats, Stats is over it. So I three putt for bogey real quick. There you go. There you I go. run over to the 18th tee. The rain comes down. The 18th tee is like, it's a really tough hole. It's a forced carry bunkers left out of bounds. Right. And I just think, you know what? Why are you nervous just to hit the ball? And I get one out there. I thought it was good. I ended up going in a fairway bunker. Stotts puts his tee in the ground on the 18th tee. And so much hail starts falling. <laughs> I start laughing at his backswing. All credit to Stotts. He put it up the left rough. It is hailing to a comical degree. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that video of Phil Mickelson where he's playing like a final round and he chips in over the hail to yeah. get in the hole. Like he's on the green from eight feet, but he just chips it in because it's just to finish. Yes. That's where we were. So I put it on the green from like 40 feet. I hit a putt that I can barely see. It actually almost goes in. I tap in for par and I run to the scorer's tent. I I, I just run. It was quite a day, Nick. The cut ended up being 78 was good enough to get you in a playoff. I shot 81. But the feeling of being nervous in a way that you're not used to is just such an incredible experience. And that's that's what I want the takeaway to be. I know there's a lot of crazy stuff in there, but feeling nervous in a different way, knowing you had a chance. Like I was, I was I knew the cut was going to be between four and six over. And I was standing in the 14th fairway on a tough par five with my second shot at five over. So if I if, if I really played tough down the stretch, I could have made it. I missed a couple of short putts. That's ultimately what doomed me. I'm 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 not too upset about it. Did I get the bad end of the draw as far as weather's concerned? You bet your ass I did. Like every the par 5s are gettable on this course, but they were all turned into like long third shots because of the weather was so difficult. So, yeah. I'm happy with how I did. It was a great experience. But man, being being on the clock is a lot of pressure, bro.
1: That's that's crazy. I've never I can't imagine ever being on the clock in any sort of golf situation. I mean, I'm always I feel like I'm always the one trying to get my playing partners to play faster. Same. <laughs> like, subtly, like, you know, without, without being a dick. Um, and I'm sure. How do you like, do that? How do you, wh- what is your approach? Playing out of order?
0: Playing um, more quickly
1: than you usually would and hoping they notice? I think like walking ahead of, of like maybe the rest of the group. That's, That's the number one you. thing to, yeah. to, you know, um, getting off the green quicker than, you know, than other people. some Sometimes the rest of the group will just kind of hang out where they hit their putt from until everybody's hold out. I'm, I'm the first one, like halfway between the green and the next hole, just, just those types of things. Not like rushing anybody like, Hey man, that's some repractice swings or anything like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think my whole thing is conversation needs to be had while no one is hitting. You can't slow down the course of the round or your turn to hit by a conversation. If it's a casual round, that's one thing. But if you're literally on the clock or in a tournament or competition situation, let's talk about whatever you want to talk about while we're walking up the fairway, not when you're standing over your ball or deciding what club to hit. Focus, take care of business, and then let's talk about whatever thing you want to talk about. That's the time to do it.
1: Exactly. Um, Okay. So... This whole mid-am experience—you said you've done it a few times now. Mm-hmm. What's what's like the one thing? Because in Massachusetts, I think you had to be like a, I don't know, like a three to 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 try to qualify. Because there's just so many go- so many good golfers in Mass. Now when I'm in Rhode Island, I think it's I think that's like you know ten or twelve or eight or something that's like potentially attainable for me once once the kids are a little older and I can you know get there back you a little more regularly. What, what's the takeaway that you would advise somebody who's, who's getting into one of these for the first time?
0: Everyone is just as full of shit as you are. Yeah. Like, everyone hits bad shots. Everyone does things that are dumb. Everyone's hit a ball out of bounds, even in these sorts of competitions. Like, I was, because my tee time was so late, I was just pacing around the house all morning. But once I got to the golf course, I actually felt surprisingly comfortable because I told myself, you know, Hey, look, man, you've missed the cut doing this twice before. You can be nervous and miss the cut again, or you can go for it and maybe make the cut. And it was the best I played. This was my best showing in this event. But in terms of people like on the fence or not really sure about competition itself, there's no better way to get better at golf Than forcing yourself to be in some sort of competition. Perfect example is one of my buddies who was new to the game. I encouraged to play in some tournaments late last year. And he was really hesitant to do it. And after we played, he's probably like a 20-handicap, 25 handicap. And after we played, he we, we were having some beers afterwards, and he was he had the reaction I hoped he would, which is Wow, I thought everyone was going to be really, really good out here, but there were some bad golfers out here. There were some really bad golfers. And that's the thing. There's always going to be someone better than you and worse than you in these events. Like in this mid-am, someone shot a 104. Like that's going to happen to people out there. I'm sure there were some plus handicaps who played worse than me. Like, well, maybe not, but potentially And there's just – No substitute for putting yourself in those pressure situations because the more often you put yourself in those situations, the more comfortable you're going to feel in the future when faced with a big putt or a big tee shot. And having something you can draw on, thinking back on, okay, I remember five years ago, I hit this exact shot in this scenario. I know I have the ability to do it and then trying to reproduce it. Just creating Mm -hmm. pressure situations for yourself.
1: Do you have like a – an oh shit moment like early on like I remember my 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 first swing of any kind of golf competition was was in the U of I men's league and I've been playing golf like two or three years probably like your your buddy like 20-25 handicap and I just drilled one right into the bushes on the 16th (laughs) tee at U of I and I was like if I was just playing with you and Romy I'd like take a take a one stroke penalty drop yeah. it out somewhere within like three or five yards and just keep moving along just to keep the pace going and whatever but i'm like i I can't do that like do i know the specific like do i know the by the book unplayable lie rule and they're like oh my god am i ready for this like do you have any kind of oh shit moment where you're like oh wait am i prepared for this scenario other than being put on the clock <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i mean there's I would say in the three times I've tried to qualify for the event, there's always a situation where on the drive home, I think back to it and it's like, oh, I can't believe that I actually did that in this specific tournament. There wasn't I actually didn't lose a ball and it was just kind of sloppy wedge play that that do me. So there wasn't like an oh shit moment. But a couple years ago when I played in this thing, there's a, there's a pretty tough par five where it's really, really narrow. It's not a long hole, but it's narrow. So I usually take an iron off the tee. And I thought, all right, well, we're just gonna get a, we're just gonna get a three iron and play, hit a five iron wedge up, two putt par. Let's get out of here. I almost missed my tee shot with a three iron. I hit it like forty yards into the hazard, and I was just like mortified, mad, embarrassed, like all the emotions that you want to not feel on the golf course. That's what happened. And then, like on the short walk over there, I was like. Hey, guess what, man? You're not going to make the cut. You're 11 over. You're fixing to make a double right here. How about we just put a ball down and, like, make a good swing with this shot? And that's what happened. I think I made, like, a good double at the end of the day. And it's just when you find yourself in those scenarios, trying to pull yourself out of it, not thinking about the big picture, like in your scenario, not thinking about, like, oh, I'm so embarrassed I've done this. No, just what's my next shot and making a proper swing and 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 hoping the result is better than what just happened. There
1: you go. Cool. Well, um, I'm looking forward to to getting into the the tier of the mid am the mid am ranks.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I like I said, I had a chance to make the cut for a minute, which is better than I've done uh, in the past. And now at my men's club, we got our first big tournament coming up in a couple of weeks, and I knew that playing in this tournament would make that tournament seem so much easier. Cause it's like, this is a course I played 200 times. I'm out here with, you know, my dad and a bunch of old men. Like this is easy. I, I, I did the hard thing now improved every single time that I have played in this event. So it's, it's encouraging. And even if you're not at the level that I am, which, you know, what level am I am? I'm a six handicap and missing the cut on a mid AM qualifier. So take that with a, a huge grain of salt, but I want everyone's takeaway from this to be no matter what your skill level, no matter if you think you should like quote unquote belong in a tournament or not, get out there, put yourself in those uncomfortable situations and you'll start to become more comfortable being uncomfortable because you have something to draw on and replicate. Awesome. I'm going to leave it at that, Nick. Hey, did you
1: read the New York times this week by chance? You know what I did? Of course, I did. The New York Times is part of my daily daily literature.
0: Oh, so you're you're well aware of the plight of Nathan Nelson, uh, the Florida man who has been sentenced to two years in prison.
1: Yeah, what uh, what a scheme this is! Why don't you why don't you detail what's going on here, and then I, I got some thoughts.
0: Okay, great. So, not shockingly, Nathan Nelson is a Florida man who admitted to stealing or trying to steal 84 golf carts over a four-year span. 84 over four years. So we're talking 21 carts a year here, Nick. <laughs> what Nelson typically did was sell the cart on Craigslist or Facebook for about 2500 bucks a pop, which is, if you didn't know, about half the worth of a golf cart. Wait, why are, you, why are you flashing the calculator up there for me?
1: It's over 200 grand worth of golf cart theft.
0: <laughs> That's too many. Nelson became the target of an FBI investigation after a North Dakota sheriff's office realized the thefts might be connected. So he got away with this for a long time by stealing a couple of carts at a time. So he wouldn't be greedy. It's not like he grabbed 40 carts at one time. He only took two at a time at night from golf courses across several states, including North Dakota. And he had access to, quote, common ignition keys before finally being arrested last March in Florida. Now, I will say, that's a lot of golf carts. It's a lot of money worth of golf carts. This is probably why I'm not a judge, despite not having a law degree or knowledge of the law. I think this is such a funny
1: crime. Two years seems like a pretty harsh penalty, doesn't it? Two years. I don't know, man. I mean, he did it over the course of four years. It's not like it was a spur of the moment act. Um, it was very calculated. He crossed state lines. Like I said, That's if he, if he sold 84 carts for 2500 a pop, that's $210,000. That's, you know. A lot of people's wow. salary for four years yeah you know what i mean like that's 50 grand a year for four years like all he's doing is stealing golf carts um and you're doing it for four years he was never gonna stop unless he got caught clearly i mean you're doing it for four years. it's not like he did it it's not like he was down on his luck you know and it is needed <laughs> needed a little cash i mean this is like uh this is a get out of jail free card so I, I have no problem with the sentence
0: well i'm working to get him on the podcast before he goes in the pokey so hopefully we can have him <laughs> on a future episode. <laughs>
1: Well, that might be a that might be a double episode.
0: <laughs> uh, Nick, I'm going to go ahead and hit The Mad Golfer of the Week. It's brought to you by T-Box Coffee. They are a roast to order coffee brand in the heart of Southern California. Package for the golfer who can shoot 81 and the golfer who shoots what 11 and every score in between. Let T-Box fuel your morning rounds. Promo code TURN15 at Check out. Now, Nick, the course that I played, this qualifier, is the OGA Golf Course. It is the Oregon Golf Association course. Wow. It's in Woodburn, Oregon. Beautiful track. It's not that old, less than 30 years old, but a lot of qualifiers and events are held there because it's 6,500 from the back, which is a pretty reasonable length. Most of the holes are gettable, except for our Mad
1: Golfer of the Week, and that's <laughs> Raven the title is, Ray, is Raven Thorn. That's the name of this. I thought that was the name of the golf course because no. Raven Thorn sounds like the name of a golf course.
0: No, this is the name of the mad golfer of the week. This is the handle they go by on oh review God. websites to leave scathing remarks about really? golf courses.
1: Raven Thorn Golf and Country. And I thought that would be the name of a, OK, all right. <laughs> let's hear it.
0: It's a pretty good name, though. This yeah. is titled Not for Duffers. This is from Raven Thorn. Quote. In my opinion. Unless your handicap is less than 15, don't bother. It's not that the course is set up badly. It's that you really have to make good shots on every hole. One miss hit and you get blown up. The jungle that you need to go over, around and whatever, captured quite a few of my balls. The bunkers are way deeper than the average ones I play. I'm not ready for this kind of challenge. (laughs) Below I clicked beginner, but that's not true. I plot on why, why, why would he lie about that? I told I, earlier in this review, I told you I was a beginner, but that's a bold faced lie. All right. He says, I play at least once a week and normally score in the low 50s on this course. I was way overmatched. That's Raventhorn.
1: Um, okay. I, a few things there. Yeah. Number one, um, is he reviewing his golf game or this golf course? Because I really can't tell.
0: It seems like he's reviewing his golf game.
1: And then number two, you're reviewing the course, but based on a specific round, because you say you normally shoot in the 50s on this course, yeah, but not this time. Um, and he's citing things that clearly don't change, like the depth of the bunkers and these carries in the jungle out there. So um, it's not a very focused review, is, is kind of my critique of, of Raventhorne right there.
0: Now, Nick, based on what you've heard and read, how many stars out of five... Do you think Raventhorne has given the OGA golf course? I would say three. Close. That is a two-star review, perhaps, of his golf game and also the facilities.
1: Right. Probably four stars for the facilities, one for the golf game. You average out, it's a two. Exactly.
0: Nick, we're working really hard, really hard. We don't have a theme song yet, Mm. but it is now time for... Nick rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Turn twenty at checkout.
1: Yes. Um. So you asked me to. You know. You kind of hinted at some pace of play stuff earlier in the week. So we went back, and I, I apologize to the to the avid fans out there. This is kind of a a rerun of a Nick rules. Um. You know. Rule five point six a unreasonable delay of play. You were put on the clock, and <clears throat> the OGA is probably employing some sort of local rule um, in which they have specific criteria for your pace and, and penalty. Um, rule 5.6a is, is pretty vague. It really just says you must not unreasonably delay play either while playing a hole or between two holes. That's all it says. That's all it says. There's some uh. more recommendations. Uh, you can be penalized for this. So basically the committee can can determine if you're unreasonably delaying play. Um, so you can get a one stroke penalty for your first breach general penalty for your second and and DQ for your third. So the committee can be the ones to decide, you know, what, what constitutes unreasonable delay of play. Um, this is what I love about the rules of golf. There's additional recommendations. Um, and and I'm just paraphrasing here, um, be prompt over your shot between shots and from the green to the T. So basically like all the time, just like, Don't be slow. Get your shit together out there. Um, And also just a a quick follow-up. Ready golf is encouraged. Playing out of – So there's order of play obviously farthest from the hole. Playing out of turn is is not a penalty. Um, Perfectly legal in stroke play. Um, In match play, you can – If you play out of turn without getting verbal permission from your opponent for that specific shot – they They have the right to make you replay the shot, so it's not a penalty per se, but they can just say like, "Oh, you stuffed it to two feet and it wasn't your turn uh, yeah, I'm gonna make you rehit that shot.
0: I couldn't imagine if someone invoked that on me i would I would lose my mind that would that would be a really <laughs> tough one to handle, wouldn't it?
1: I mean, if you know don't the know rules? the rule and they're pulling it out on you, you're probably like flabbergasted, but I'm I'm actually, I've been familiar with that rule for a few years now. And so it just seems like a normal rule.
0: Well, you are familiar with the rule. So I'm, I'm really glad it didn't come down to this scenario, but riddle me this. If I had shot a 78, good enough to get in a playoff, but was assessed a one-stroke penalty because of slow play, therefore missing the playoff, what is my recourse there? Do I appeal to the tournament committee? What do I do? Because at that point, I'm out of luck, aren't I?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think <clears throat> it's not like uh, you know, you get your partner's opinion or you you assess your own penalty in that one where it's like, oh, you know what, I I didn't play slow, so I'm not going to take that penalty. Um, and that was not really. It, it's up to the committee to assign that penalty. So you could you could ask them and maybe get a second opinion from someone on the committee. Um, and they they can they can rescind it. They can say it was a committee error. Or if you if you present them information like, hey, we were. We were behind because of the committee trying to clarify the lightning protocol on the first tee, you know, and maybe maybe they would rescind it from there. But it's not like you can just decide, you know, no, I, I didn't get that penalty. Uh, I'm going to send them how that one works.
0: I'm going to send them this podcast and say, listen to minute four through 20. And that should explain why I deserve to be in the field for the minute. Exactly. Exactly. All right. That does it for Nick rules. Nick, that's the episode. I want folks to just play more tournaments, play some scrambles, play some best balls, get out there and do some competition. It's good for you. I don't care how good or new you are. It helps everybody.
1: Get out there and do it. Yeah, I want to try to play some tournaments this year. Who knows if or when that will happen, but I'll do my damnedest.
0: I hope you play in more tournaments than Phil Mickelson this summer. How about that? Well, I'm just hoping for like one or two. Exactly. Folks, thank you so much for bearing with my tales of not qualifying for the field of another golf tournament. We'll be back next week. Plenty of fun stuff planned for the spring. Get out there and hit those balls. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.